Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now for our story. Skip Mead had spent the day driving restlessly through the countryside around Wakefield. As if by putting miles of highway behind her, she could somehow escape the thoughts with which she was tormented. Last evening, Kid had received a terrifying shock. She had a call from Paul Cromwell. Previously, she'd tried to talk him into leaving Wakefield and returning to Chicago. Then the very thing Kid had feared, if Paul stayed in Wakefield, had happened. He discovered that she hadn't kept her part of the bargain they'd made in California. When she promised to get a divorce and marry him if he'd help her gain possession of Lisa Fenner's child. He had demanded that she come to his suite in the Brown Palace Hotel, and had angrily confronted her with this knowledge. At first, Kid had tried desperately to bluff. But finally, she'd realized the defeat had asked Paul what he intended to do now that he knew the truth. To this question, Paul had replied with a grim statement that she'd find out very soon. Kit returned last to her father's house on 11th Street, weary and depressed from wondering fearfully what Paul has in mind. Now as she lets herself into the house... Well, here you are. At last. Hello, Dad. Where have you been, Kit? I asked Jesse, Miss Thorndyke. Nobody seemed to know. It's not my custom to tell the whole household every time I step outside the door. Well, it might be a good habit for you to cultivate. Tell you one thing it would do. It would put my mind at rest last time. Well, Dad, please don't keep me standing out here in the hall while you give me one of your lectures. I'm not lecturing you, my dear. I'm very sorry. Come into the study, eh? A nice fire going in there. Oh. Sit here, Kit. You'll be warm in no time. Would you like me to have Lucy fix you something hot to drink? No, thank you, Dad. Of course, I appreciate all this solicitude, but I don't quite understand. Why are you treating me as if I'm a lighted lamp? <laughs> lighted lamp, eh? We always used to say, basket of eggs. No, no, really. You make me feel as if I'm an invalid. Well, I'm awfully sorry, Kit. I don't want to do that. No, it's just that I'm worried about you lately. Seems to me you're never at home, and I thought if we made things more pleasant for you, you might stay home more. Feel more welcome. Well, that's thoughtful of you, Dad. However, I'm quite comfortable here. You've no need to be concerned. Well, there must be some reason why you're so restless all the time. I hear you prowling around in your rooms at all hours of the night. You're so snappy, irritable. I'm sorry, Dad. I guess I have been rather a blight on things lately. Oh, it isn't that I mind, my dear. It's your happiness I'm thinking about. Yet I think I know a solution for your restlessness. <laughs> a solution? That would be something, if you could think of one. Seriously, Kit. I know how miserable you've been. And I'm not blaming you for being rather jumpy. 
But I think you've got the answer right at hand. You just don't recognize it. I don't. Well, then, just what is this answer? The baby, kid. Your son. The baby? Yes, don't you understand, kid? Instead of brooding about Bill, the divorce, and so on, if you just devote yourself to your child... Oh, Dad, that's nonsense. There's nothing I can do for him. Miss Thorndyke seems to be extremely competent. He's healthy, well taken care of. I don't mean that. I mean that you yourself might find it very soothing if you'd spend more time with the baby. If you'd get to know him. I know him well enough. And so far, he's been more trouble than anything else. You mustn't say such things, Kit. If anyone overheard, you might be misunderstood. Of course, I know you don't mean them, but they might be misconstrued. Well, Dad, unless Jessie's listening at the door, I think we're safe. So I wouldn't put it past Jessie to eavesdrop if she got a chance. You've allowed yourself to become so bitter, my dear. That's what's wrong with you. You're putting up this pretense of being hard-boiled, when actually I believe you're very fond of the child underneath, even sentimental. You really think so? Yes, of course I do. And you've every right to be proud of him, too. He's a fine child, kid. An intelligent, sturdy little boy. I know I'm proud of him. By the way, you've got to make up your mind about naming him soon. Disgraceful to let it go so long. <laughs> now it's no laughing matter. Oh, I'm a contrary. It's quite amusing, Dad. You're being so feverish to name the baby with everything up in the air. Nonsense. Is. Nothing is up in the air. The child is yours, and nothing Bill Mead does will make the slightest difference. He hasn't a chance. I wonder. In the first place, we can prove that he abandoned the child. Refused to share this home with you and his own son. Why, he hasn't any right even to consider it his child. His child. Kip's smile was bitter. Her father's statement was only too true. That was what frightened her. Perhaps, after all, in spite of his denial, Paul Cromwell did intend to expose the truth to the whole town. And to Ben, too. Tell him that the baby was actually the son of Lisa Fenner. What was Paul up to? What would he do? At that same moment, Paul Cromwell had just returned to his hotel in Chicago, where his man Max greeted him as he entered his room. Hello, Max. Oh, Mr. Cromwell. Everything under control here, Max? Anything new? Mm, nothing at all. It's been very quiet. But I'm rather surprised to see you so soon. You didn't stay very long. Long enough. Then the situation is cleared up? <laughs> Max, the situation is crystal clear. I'm glad to hear it. Apparently, Mrs. Mead has taken the proper steps. No, and... Max. Mrs. Mead has simply taken me. Taken you? Precisely. Taken me, as the elegant expression goes, for a buggy ride. Mr. Cromwell, then, my fears were... Uh... Justified, yes. In fact, Max, you're in an excellent position to say, I told you so. Huh. That satisfaction has never appealed to me, Mr. Cromwell. <laughs> Good old Max. You're always so right. Well, you tried to warn me, to suggest there might be something a bit off the beam going on. Kit's vagueness, her insistence on taking Lisa's child. Well, what did you find out, Mr. Cromwell? Did you discover her real reason? The reason, Max, was so obvious that only a fool would not have realized it long since. What was Mrs. Mead's plan? Kit wanted that child simply as a wedge. She thought through the child she'd be able to restore her marriage to Bill Mead. Restore her marriage? Yes, but it didn't work. But I had understood that... So had I, Max. You knew very well what our agreement was, that Kit would divorce Mead, that she and I would eventually get together... Well, on the contrary, Kit's contesting the divorce. It's Bill Mead who wants one. Did you learn this from Mrs. Mead or... Uh... Oh, no, no. 
Kit was very happily twisting me around her little finger, as usual, being as vague as ever. Fortunately, I got the whole story from someone in Wakefield who's in a position to know the real truth. Well, I'm sorry. I, I know how painful this is. She's made a fool of me, Max. A gigantic, blundering fool. Oh, that's too bad, but the wound is new, Mr. Cromwell. It will heal. The whole matter can be forgotten in time and... No, Max, it can't be forgotten. This is one time I'm not going to let the beautiful Mrs. Mead get away with it. But what do you propose to do? I'm going to see that Kit pays for not playing the game according to the rules. I see. But how, Mr. Cromwell? Well, it's really quite simple. I'm merely going to tell Lisa the truth. Mrs. Fenner? You intend to tell Mrs. Fenner everything? Everything. The entire sordid tale. But, Mr. Cromwell, excuse me, but are you sure that is why? Perhaps it isn't. But on the other hand, what have I got to lose? Mrs. Fenner's in such an emotional frame of mind. That's exactly the point. You know how Lisa's been acting. For months now, she's been practically hysterical. Talking about how she regrets giving Kit the child, wanting it back. Yes, that is true. Well, there you are. If Lisa were to learn what's happening in Wakefield, find out that her son is the center of the rumpus between Kit and Bill Mead, what do you suppose she'd do? I'm inclined to think Mrs. Fenner might make trouble of some sort. Right. And that's just what I want. The more trouble Lisa makes, the better I'll like it. But what about yourself, Mr. Cromwell? Isn't there a possibility that the trouble might also affect you? Well, that's a chance I'm quite willing to take. It would be worth it. Ah, I hope you're right. Oh, don't worry about it. Oh, uh, look, Max, is Mrs. Fenner in her room now? I believe so. Then phone her, will you, Max? Tell her I'd like to see her. Right away. So this is your plan, Paul. That is what you meant by the threat you made to Kit Mead in Wakefield. To tell Lisa Fenner. Lisa, whom you know very well, regrets having relinquished her child to Kit. Tell her that the child is not in good hands. Is in a home far from the normal one she wanted for it. 